Welcome queen to the body love binge with me Victoria. Although we're all unique, honestly I'm no different to you. I'm just a girl who's been through some hard shit, figured out how to thrive and made it her life's mission to help others to do the same. I've beaten anorexia, bulimia, binge eating disorder and I'm a domestic abuse survivor. My intention for this podcast is to empower you with weekly episodes on all things food freedom, body love and of course juicy, yummy self-love so you can embody the healthiest and happiest version of you. Enjoy the episode my love. Queens, welcome to an episode that is titled How to Survive Christmas Around Food and Your Body. And the reason that I'm creating this at this time of year is pretty obvious, and that is because so many people struggle at this time of year with food and their bodies and people commenting and family and all of that. And so I'm actually recycling in a way an episode that I did almost three years ago now, I believe it was about three years ago, that was titled something different, but I've added extra stuff in and I'm more wise and more knowledgeable than I was two to three years ago. So I'm gonna deliver it in a different way. But I really wanted to to share this um, similar episode again, because I know that it's gonna be really helpful to so many. So it's gonna be a really helpful resource. Let's talk about Christmas in general, but of course, this is gonna be helpful whether you're listening to this and it's not Christmas, whether you're listening to it in the future and then it's not Christmas time, whatever, it doesn't really matter. But I'm gonna be speaking to Christmas because this is the reason why I wanna speak to this at this time of year because I love Christmas. Not everyone loves Christmas, but I personally love Christmas. I love the way that people tend to be happier at this time of year. I love the way that families come together and there's a lot of love everywhere and there's the pretty lights everywhere. But I also remember like it was only yesterday, how I used to feel at Christmas time when I was in my dieting and restricting and binging and purging days. So not necessarily in the anorexia. I will speak to that as I go through if it will make sense, but I'm speaking specifically to how I felt and what I experienced when I was in the diet binge cycle, the bulimia kind of cycle. And that was, I would feel mixed emotions. I would feel really excited. And I would also feel like dread. I would feel excitement because I knew I was gonna eat all the things. I was gonna give myself, quote, permission. It was, I felt like it was okay. I felt safe and like I had a good reason and everyone agreed with that reason why I could eat all the food I wanted to eat around Christmas. I also felt dread because I knew how much weight I would put on in a short amount of time and then how much quote work I would have to do when January came around when I of course needed to lose weight again. This was my old mindset. And during my anorexia days now specifically, I would just only feel pure dread and zero excitement because food was the biggest threat possible and I hated anyone who offered me any food. Just all of it was awful. So my heart goes out to all of you, whether you're suffering from a diagnosed eating disorder or disordered eating, it doesn't matter. If your relationship with food is negatively impacting your life, 
I am here for you and my heart goes out to you. And so my intention to for this episode is to give you do's and don'ts of what to do around food and what not to do around food, what to do around your body and what not to do around your body. Around this time of festive year, without the underlying dread of January, without pressing the fuck it button, without falling off the wagon in quotes, and you'll be able to welcome January feeling, having built a better relationship with food and your body, even during this festive time, and feeling a lot more relaxed and hopeful and happy, okay? So let's dive straight in. Do's and don'ts. Number one is don't fall off the wagon. Because here's the thing, there's only one type of wagon you can fall off. And that's any kind of rule. So whenever you have a food rule, it means you're on a wagon. Or uh, people say it in different ways. Like I fell off the wagon, I pressed the fuck it button, I failed, I broke my food rules. That's what they're saying. So no matter how long you've, quote, been on the wagon for, if you're on the wagon you are inevitably gonna fall off the wagon at some point, regardless of what time of year it is. Now, of course, I'm speaking specifically to those that are experiencing binge eating, bulimia, those that are in the anorexia. It's a little bit different because at the moment you are, quote, successfully controlling your food, but that's only because of a genetic response, a migration response, which you have a genetic component for in anorexia, and it is killing you. So just speaking to that for a moment, and I will add bits in here and there, but this is speaking specifically to the diet binge purge or not purge. Either way, the cycle where you're on the wagon, on the wagon, and you inevitably fall off the wagon. The only way to let go of the mindset of falling off the wagon is to change your thinking. Black or white thinking, all or nothing thinking is where the wagon comes from. Being on the wagon in diet language simply means being good. Falling off the wagon in diet language means being bad. Or it can sound like it's Christmas, I'm allowed. So therefore you have like all these reasons why it's okay for you to fall off the wagon. Put in another way, this is basically, like I mentioned earlier, stating to have no food rules at all. Therefore, if you have no food rules, you cannot break any rules. And I know this sounds super scary and you also may think it sounds super irresponsible of me, but if you follow me by now, if you followed me for a while, you know that this is not this is nothing new. It sounds like a crazy idea, but this is a key part to your relationship with food and your body. Allowance. No rules. No wagon. Stopping binge eating and stopping dieting and restriction and the purge cycle, whatever it is for you, you need to start allowing. And I'm, if you want to know more in depth about how the hell that could even work, then check out my previous content or feel free to send me a DM on Instagram or Facebook. I'm more than happy to send you a voice note to explain and answer any of your objections to this. The next thing is a do. So number one was don't fall off the wagon. The second part to number one is do burn the fucking wagon. So don't fall off the wagon, but do burn the wagon instead. As I previously stated, 
if there's no wagon at all, you can't fall off of it. In other words, if there's no food rules, you can't break you can't break any rules. Everything is allowed. Yes, this is scary. You're most likely thinking things such as, I can't trust myself. I'll only eat until I'm sick. I need some kind of restraint, otherwise I'll completely let myself go. But that's kind of the point. Instead of letting yourself go, which is what I want you to do, see if you can reframe it to let yourself be free. And I get it. I really, really get it, I promise you. But I also know that allowing yourself to live in full acceptance and allowance of your food, whatever time of year, is the key to healing your relationship with food and your body and not being on an emotional roller coaster with how you feel about yourself and your body. And I already have a piece of homework for you right off the bat. And I really mean this, so take note, your homework from this day forward around any time of year, but specifically if you're listening to this around the time it was released, around Christmas time, your number one goal for this holiday season is to relax around food and in your body as much as possible. Let your food and body be whatever they will be. Because guess what? They're going to be whatever they're going to be either way. You may as well relax into it and surrender and let go instead of trying to control it and feeling like a big fat failure at the end of not being able to control it anyway. So just to reaffirm your homework. (sighs) Take a deep breath. Practice already. Your number one goal this Christmas period, this holiday period, is for you to relax around food and in your body as much as possible. The goal is relaxation. Let me know how it goes. That's that's homework right off the bat. Okay, number two, don't ignore your body. If you've been dieting and restricting for a long time, you will most likely be completely disconnected from your body's natural hunger cues and you may find it difficult to know when you're hungry without relying on a meal plan to tell you it's okay to eat. If you're a binge eater, you'll most likely will be disconnected from your body's natural fullness cues. And it's likely you'll keep eating past fullness and ignoring your body's signals, asking you to stop. There's many reasons for this that I won't go into now, but there's so many layers to this, it's, it's ridiculous, but we can peel back the layers together, this is why we're here. This is totally normal though. And the good news is that even though it may not feel like it, you can connect back to your body's subtle cues. You can, you're not broken. If you're currently in anorexia, I would reframe this part to number two. Instead of do listen to your body, I would reframe it to number two, eat regularly and eat a lot. Eat three square meals a day, I wonder why they say square, because your meal isn't actually square. You don't have a square plate, do you? Tupperware is square, but we're not eating our Tupperwares. If if you're listening to this, if you're watching this, get rid of the Tupperware. Even if you're at work, get yourself a plate to put said Tupperware food onto. I digress. Eat three square meals a day, 
plus dessert plus two snacks, minimum. Self-care is essential here with everybody, for everyone. So in this respect, self-care means nourishing yourself and your body and giving your body and yourself everything you need in order to thrive, not just barely and merely survive, okay? The second part of number two, for the first part that was do listen to your body, the second part is do practice intuitive eating. And again, if you're in anorexia, this doesn't apply to you because if you listen to your body, you would eat for call and that's just going even further down the hellhole, okay? So for everybody else, practice intuitive eating. Intuitive eating is all about connecting to your body's hunger and fullness signals, and honouring them to the best of your ability in each moment. Intuitive eating is noticing when you're hungry and then checking in with yourself and asking, what is it that I would really like to eat in this moment? What feels good for me physically and emotionally? And then honour that answer as much as you can and go and eat the thing or as close to the thing as your environment allows you to do and your financial like um, health as well. I mean, if you're craving expensive sushi all the time, your wallet might not allow you to do that, but then what can you eat that's as close to that as possible? And then eat the thing and then practice stopping when you feel like you've had enough, when you feel satisfied. This does take practice, but you'll be very surprised how you tune into your body. If you keep practicing this, you'll get there very quickly you'll be surprised how quickly you can tune into your body after years of ignoring your body. Eating intuitively is natural to you. Believe it or not, you were born a natural intuitive eater. So all you have to do is get quiet enough to listen to your body and also have an abundant mindset around food when making food choices, meaning you affirm to yourself all food is allowed. You can trust your body to tell you what to eat, when to eat and how much to eat. Your body is the wisest creation in this universe. Your body keeps you alive every second since the day you were born. You can trust her, you can trust your body. And I'd also like to add in here that you don't have to wait until you're physically hungry in order to eat. It's okay to eat a mince pie just because you want to. And those of you that are not British and don't know what the heck a mince pie is, it sounds a bit weird because it's got the word mince in it, which would refer to meat. But a mince pie is a sweet, fruity kind of pastry thing. <laughs> sounds It tastes nicer than, it, than I'm making it sound. That can be enjoyed warm with double cream. I don't drink alcohol, but some brandy if that's your thing. Either way, moral of the story, it's okay to eat anything, even if you're not hungry. The stakes are very low. It's just food. Your body knows what it's doing. Trust that. Okay, number three, I need a sip of water. I've been talking all day today. I've had so many client calls today because I fly to England. No, I don't fly. That's a lie. I drive to England from the Netherlands to see family very soon, in fact, not tomorrow, but the next day. And so I'm making sure I'm organized 
and creating this episode that I'm going to release in a couple of weeks. So unfortunately, I haven't got a Christmassy background. If I did it in my mum's house, it would be Christmas stuff everywhere, but I want to be more present. So I'm creating this in advance. Therefore, I've had to fit a lot of clients in before I go. I am seeing some clients when I'm at home, second home in England, because I just love what I do. But I'm also taking time to be with my family. So anything that I can do outside of family time, hence I'm doing it now. Hence that super long story as to why I've been talking all day and as to why I need a drink. And actually, coaching isn't me talking the whole time. In fact, clients do most of the talking. I digress. I've talked a lot. Number three, don't eat less before the big meal. So again, the Christmas dinner, like whatever this means for you when you're listening to this or watching this right now, if you're attempting to bank up your calories or save your hunger or basically eat as little food as possible leading up to your Christmas day or Christmas dinner or buffet or whatever it is, it's not going to matter how much you're, it's not going to matter What am I even saying? It's not going to help no matter, that's what I want to say, it's not going to help no matter how much your logical brain tries to convince you otherwise. So let me say that again because clearly I can't speak proper English. If you have been planning or if you want to or if you are banking calories, eating as little as possible, leading up to Christmas or the meal or whatever it is, that's not going to help. It doesn't matter how much your logical mind is telling you that that's the right thing to do. No. If when we deny ourselves food, even though we know, even though we know we're going to eat later, our biology still reacts the same way to any type of restriction. Your hunger hormones will rise. And when you come to eat, you will eat way more than what you actually wanted or needed because you're really hungry, you're in a state of starvation almost. I know that sounds dramatic, but your body's quite dramatic because all it cares about is survival. Your body will be driving you to eat. It will be in a state of, if your body could talk, it would be like, need to get it all in now, need to get it in fast because I've not had enough all day and I don't know when the next food is going to come. It's like the famine response, like that shit is real. It's also not a great way to be present with loved ones at this special time of year when all you care about is the bread basket being delivered or the starter or whatever. If all you care about is when is the food coming, it's really difficult to be present with family and friends. So don't cut back on your food beforehand. Yes, you'll want to be hungry so you can fully enjoy said meal, but there's a difference between eating as little as possible and being mindful with regards to the amount of food you eat as you get closer to the big meal. The do part of number three is do eat like you normally would, unless you're restricting normally. Don't do that. Number three, do eat like you normally would. So you still need to eat whether it's Christmas day or not. You still need to eat lunch even if you're having a dinner later. You still need to eat breakfast even if you're having a big lunch. Feed yourself like a normal healthy person would feed themselves and trust that you're going to be hungry again just like you usually are in time for the meal. You don't need to save or bank calories. Number four, 
don't overexercise before in an attempt to burn off extra calories. This is similar to undereating before a big meal, but in terms of your body and movement, overexercising is an attempt to burn off calories so you can earn them later. It's never a good idea, and actually, it's not a smart idea either because your body gets hungrier the more calories it burns, and so your appetite will be bigger than if you hadn't exercised anyway meaning you will eat more anyway. Your body's pretty smart, right? So whether you're exercising to make up for the food you might eat later, it doesn't matter because your body's hella smart and it's going to be hungrier. So just think about that. Do move your body in a way that feels good to you. If it feels good to you to move your body, you don't have to. Move your body as you normally would in a typical day. Unless you're in anorexia, do not move, rest as much as possible, right? So in other words, move your body in a healthy, normal way to what feels good to you. Don't change the way you move just because today is the day when you're going to eat more foods. Just to remind you, again, your body is super smart. If you eat more than you usually would during a big meal, which is the whole point, like a Christmas and Thanksgiving and all of that, your body will use it as fuel, you'll have more energy, it will raise your body temperature, you'll naturally be less hungrier the next day, etc. It always, always comes down to trusting your body and listening to your body's signals. Number five, don't allow others to food police you or force feed you. Again, if you're in the anorexia, allow as many people to force feed you as possible. And I say that with humor in my voice, but it's not funny, but I'm being serious at the same time. So number five, don't allow food police or force feeding unless you're in anorexia. Depending on your relative's own relationship with food, they may project their own beliefs and insecurities onto you. In fact, as humans, we all do that. Our projection is our perception of life and we project our perception. We just do. We're human. And so you may get some members of your family saying things like, should you be having another one? Haven't you had enough already? Or you may get members of your family literally trying to force feed you saying things like, you can't leave that little bit, just finish it. Why don't you have dessert? It's Christmas after all. Go on, it's Christmas, you'll be dieting in January, you may as well have it, have it in, get it in now, you may as well have it now while you can. Don't allow them to pressure you into eating what you don't want or don't allow them to stop you from eating what you want. You get to choose. Choose you, honour your own desires, honour your own needs and avoid people-pleasing choose you whether it makes someone uncomfortable or not you are the most important person and if you don't feel like you are the most important person then I'm here to remind you that you are and you get to live in your body nobody else so start to choose you the second part of number five is the do so do set boundaries and listen to your body so Listen to your body and set boundaries. I will sound like a broken record, but I'm going to say it again. Your body knows 
best. So you can set boundaries with other people by saying things such as, thank you for your concern, but I do actually want some more. Or thank you for offering, but I'm actually full and I don't want any more. Simple as that. It can be uncomfortable to set boundaries, but it's not as uncomfortable as ignoring yourself and feeling angry inside because you've done something you didn't want to do in order to please somebody else. Plus, nobody else is living in your body. You get to decide. Take your power back and share that lovingly. Oh, I need some water, sorry. Share that lovingly with others. Number six, don't eat vegetables. Oh, hold on. No, no, no. Let me go again. Number six, don't not eat vegetables just because you're in fuck it mode. This brings back black or white thinking, falling off the wagon, just because you're eating the foods that perhaps you might not usually eat, it doesn't mean you just don't eat vegetables. It doesn't make sense when you look at it logically, right? My fiance Valter actually does this. It's so funny to notice. When we're on holiday, whether it's an actual holiday somewhere, which most people in the world apart from us Brits call vacation, or if it's like a holiday day at home, like a free day or whatever you want to call it, it's so funny, his, and he's not got a disordered eating or anything like this, it's just his black or white thinking. He will be like, I'm not eating vegetables or salad because it's, quote, Christmas day. But then that doesn't make sense, right? Even though I've been there, completely been there, what's the point in, in eating healthy foods when you're, quote, off the wagon, right? Can you see there's no balance with this? And so the do part of number six is do include nourishment dense foods and variety with your meals if it feels good that isn't to say you have to eat vegetables or salad this is just giving yourself the choice if it feels good to you and if physical nourishment is important to you if you were eating intuitively on a normal day you would be offering yourself fruits and vegetables as part of a nourishing diet if that's important to you because you'll want to nourish yourself and if, if you don't want to that's also fine you'll naturally want to as time goes on the more you allow all foods again that's only if health is important to you it doesn't have to be I hardly eat any fruit I eat vegetables but in all honesty I probably in fact do I even eat any fruit pineapple on pizza does that count <laughs> right and so if you're eating intuitively, why does Christmas have to be any different? And I do get that a standard English Christmas dinner does contain a lot of vegetables anyway, but I think it's key to bring this up. Let's say you were going to a buffet or a party or any kind of festive occasion where the standard Christmas dinner wasn't being served, denying yourself physical nourishment just because you're eating more foods that you wouldn't usually be eating isn't self-loving so again get rid of the black or white thinking find that balance find that natural intuitive nourishment if it's there and if it's not there that's completely fine as well but just be in the gray which I like to call the colorful area number seven don't participate in body shame talk 
when you're having a conversation and someone starts talking about how fat they are or how much weight they need to lose or even maybe talking about someone else's body negatively, don't engage in that conversation. I'm going to give you a few tips in in a moment, but you don't have to be engaged in that conversation at all. But what you can do is change the conversation or you can share what triggers you. So you can change the conversation either subtly or not so subtly, or you can just ignore the person if it's within a group. You can do what feels best for you, but you don't have to put up with it. You can also openly share that this kind of body shaming actually triggers you. And so you would appreciate it if they could change the the conversation or change the subject. The most important thing to remember here is not to make other people wrong. It's safe to say that the whole world is brainwashed by diet culture unless they are consciously doing work around fat phobia and food freedom. Let's repeat that. It's safe to predict and to say that the whole world is living in fat phobia and diet culture unless they are consciously doing work around food freedom, fat phobia, weight neutrality, weight neutrality, body positivity, all of that. So don't judge them. Meet them with compassion, but set loving boundaries at the same time. Number eight, don't eat less the next day. It's similar to some of the others I've shared, but just because you've eaten a big meal and or you may have eaten past fullness the day before, like the day after Christmas or whatever it may be, it doesn't mean you automatically have to eat less the next day. Do, this is the do part, eat leftovers, eat when you're hungry. You may notice that you naturally don't feel as hungry the next day if you've eaten more than usual the day before because your body's kind of smart like that. If you do feel hungry, absolutely eat. So if you restrict on purpose, meaning you ignore any hunger signals or you've decided, end of story, this is all you're going to eat that day because of what happened yesterday, it will never end well. And what you're actually doing is perpetuating the cycle of the diet binge cycle. So listen to your body. When you feel hungry, trust that your body knows what and how much to eat. If you wake up hungry and you ate loads yesterday and you still wake up hungry, then eat. Trust that. There's no right or wrong here, but don't purposely try to compensate for what you ate yesterday. It's just going to get you further down the hellhole. Number nine, don't exercise just because you think you should. Again, number nine, it's like it's not the compensating thing. It's it's like a, a theme here. Don't exercise because you think you should. This is similar to number four, which was not to overexercise beforehand in an attempt to earn your food. Because if you exercise just because you think you should, because you ate whatever it was the day before, that's going against your body and it's just reaffirming that you need to earn your food or work off your food and that's just not true. So Do, do exercise that feels good. If you wake up and feel like going on a run and you think that will help you physically and emotionally, then absolutely do that. Not because you need to burn off anything, 
just because it makes you feel good. It's all about the motivation and the reason why you're doing a behavior. If you wake up and feel that honestly, the best way that you could take care of yourself with how you're feeling is to snuggle up on the sofa, put on some Christmas movies all day and not move, then absolutely do that. Self-care over self-control and self-compassion and self-kindness over self-flagellation is always about the motivation behind why you're doing something. The key here, again, is a theme here, is to listen to your body and do what feels right for you in the moment, regardless of what you ate or didn't eat the day before. Number 10 is what to say if someone comments on your weight. So if someone comments on your weight, either positively or negatively, you don't have to stay quiet if you don't want to. Even if someone is trying to be nice by saying how great you look for losing weight or whatever it may be or how flattering that is on you because flattering actually means, hey, you look smaller than you are. That's a good thing. That's what flattering means. And either way, if they're complimenting you, that's still contributing to our stigmatic society in a way, because it's basically saying, you look good and that's important, or that is flattering, therefore you look smaller than you are and that's a good thing, right? And so in an ideal world where looks weren't important enough to talk about all the goddamn time, it would be a pointless thing to say. So let's start creating that ideal world by being the change we want to see. You could respond with something like the following. Thank you for your intended compliment, but I'm working on not paying too much attention to the size of my body. If someone comments on your weight in a negative way, you could say something like, with all due respect, my body is none of your business and I would greatly appreciate it if you didn't comment about it. Or, I'm going to assume that you didn't know how harmful your comment is, so I'll politely ignore you. (laughs) You could also just walk out of the room, give yourself some space. A toilet is a great place to sit down and just take a moment to yourself. Put your hand on your heart and just connect with you. You could also say you needed some air and go on a little walk to get some space. Listen to one of my podcasts to remind you to come back into alignment with self-love and self-acceptance. Either way, remind yourself that all they're doing is projecting their own insecurities onto you. It's not about your body, it's their own shit, honestly. If someone talks about someone else's weight, for example, can you believe how much weight Sandra's put on? then you can completely disengage in the conversation and not answer or respond with, oh, I don't take much notice. I think she looks great, whatever size. Or it really doesn't matter to me if she's put weight on. Why why should it matter? Or I see people's value beyond their weight. Be the change you want to see in the world. Number 11, don't beat yourself up for not getting it right. The previous 10 points will absolutely help you on your journey to food freedom and body love. 
And you will be able to start to navigate this festive period from a place of kindness and self-care and inquiry, but there's nothing to get right or wrong here. If you're new to this work and this way of living, it will feel very alien to you. And so you won't feel like you're getting it right. And in fact, in the world of food freedom, there's nothing to get right and there's nothing to get wrong. It's all curiosity and what feels good to you. There's everything's an exploration. So just allow yourself to fumble through these nine points and be okay with where you're at. Regardless of whether you feel that you've got it right or wrong, that doesn't matter. Just keep practicing. Keep being aware of the steps that I've shared with you. And if you keep doing that and showing up for yourself and practicing what I've shared with you, you will strengthen the relationship you have with your body and it will help you to feel normal around food again. And so don't beat yourself up for not getting it right. Honestly, it's really trial and error. And the last thing I wanted to say was do give yourself compassion, tons of it, and then give yourself some more. Because no change ever comes from a place of shame. Even though you intellectually think that you can force yourself into being better around food or body, it doesn't work. So get curious from a place of love. Grab your journal. If it feels good to you, start to write shit down. And just explore the 10 points. And see how they go for you. What you liked about them, what you didn't like, what felt comfortable, what felt uncomfortable, what you perhaps need to work on and get curious to see what your blocks are around stepping into food freedom and body love. Most likely they'll be around fear of weight gain, which I speak a lot about, so check out my previous episodes, but you can always turn any guilt that you have from eating whatever food that you have guilt for eating into gratitude is I'm sure that you're familiar with guilt, especially if you're currently in the diet binge cycle, right? And I've been there and you can allow your guilt to be recycled into gratitude. And this looks like this. If you're sat feeling guilty for eating too much food or eating a certain amount of food or whatever it is, you can flip that and be grateful So if you're feeling bad or guilty for sharing all the quality street tubs with your mum, can you not simply focus on the gratitude you feel when you sat and shared those with your mum or the gratitude of the love of your family members that all came together, even though most of them annoy the hell out of you? Can you just focus on the love that was in the room? Why is everyone there? Can you be grateful for having access to that food when not everyone has? Can you be grateful that you're listening to this or watching this now and so therefore you must have internet? Not everybody has that. So bottom line is, this kind of work takes time. Give yourself a break. Reach out to me. I can help you in so many different ways. Start practicing turning your guilt into gratitude be gentle with yourself, visit the points that I've just shared and really start to change your life around this because you do not have to stay in an eating disorder or disordered eating for your lifetime. You do not have to do that. There's another way. 
And so there's different ways you can work with me. I have a standalone program, which is called the Body Love Bite, and that's 49 euros, and it's so much value in there for 49 euros. It will get you well on your way to food freedom and body love. There's so many active worksheets and activities in there to do life-changing, just that by itself. The second step up from that is group coaching. That's called the Body Love Buffet. You can have lifetime access to the program as long as the program's alive. Monthly group coaching calls with me, weekly coaching call with me in the group, the Body Love Binge online program. There's so much. Go and have a look at my website. And then the the best way, the best transformative way, if you want one-to-one personalized support, is of course one-to-one coaching where you get access to the Body Love Binge program and the Body Love Buffet and the Body Love Buy, everything. You become my person to serve, you get it all and I hold your hand step by step. But wherever you're financially able to invest, each one of these will help you massively in a positive way in your life. So if you need help, allow yourself to get that help that you need. Reach out to me if you have any questions. If you're listening to this around the festive period, I wish you the most happiest Christmas. Merry Christmas, a happy new year. Spend time with loved ones, feel the gratitude, let the annoyance go. Just feel the love, open your heart, allow love in and give love. Give and receive love. And remember, choose self-care over self-control and self-kindness over self-flagellation. Okay, I love you. See you next time. I hope this episode was everything you needed to hear today and more. If you love this podcast, then please screenshot this episode and share it to your Instagram or Facebook stories and tag me at Victoria Kleinsman so I can share you with my audience and we can get my podcast out to more women that need it. Also, I'd be super duper grateful if you could rate and review this podcast as it really does help others to find it. Thank you so, so much in advance and I'll see you on the next one.